I would really love to see this as a global product with lots of add-ons that, you know, we can build out the platform from just the year fives and six and really make sure our kids are protected and prepared, ready for digital life. Welcome to Startup West, the podcast about building scalable tech startups in sunny Western Australia. My name is Carly Norman. And I'm Charlie Gunningham. And in this episode, we're talking with the winner of the 2020 Inside Awards Pitch Fest competition, Claire Orange from DigiSocial, in which Callie and I were judges. And not only did Claire take out a win, she was also judged the People's Choice Award by the attendees. And just a few days ago, became a finalist in the main awards for 2020 in the Startup of the Year category. Here's our chat with Claire. So well done, Claire, and welcome to Startup West. Thanks, Charlie and Kelly. It's great to be here. We are so excited to have you with us. Can you start by telling us briefly about DigiSocial, what it does, how it's going? Right. So uh, DigiSocial is a new innovation. It's a platform that educates children on their digital life. So, you know, currently across Australia, we have some fairly damning statistics in children's mental health and well-being. And a lot of it is really related to their digital life. And while we've got some solutions in schools, we simply don't have enough that's every day, every child, every location. So that's what we've done with DigiSocial is we've, we've really built a platform that wraps digital life education into the way that children um, learn and it's a it's a platform that encapsulates the whole system of the child the teacher the parent and the child so it's a it's a lovely solution and one we're very excited about launching how did you build this initially because it sounds like you've got quite a large scope here quite a technical underpinning to the whole system were you self-funded or did you raise money uh, we are self-funded and we continue to be self-funded. Uh, so in these uh, challenging times, we've uh, had to think long and hard about whether we do or don't take on uh, investors at this point in time. We do have the capacity and we do have the runway to continue to the what we would consider our, our minimal viable product to put out uh, for our research trial that begins in term three. But uh, until then, we will remain uh, fully self-funded. Uh, I am part of the Plus Eight uh, Accelerator, which is very exciting. Um, so in about a month, um, I have the opportunity to pitch for funding there. And that would be one of our first opportunities that we've looked at uh, taking on board investment in our platform. Good luck with that. That's going to be a very important moment, I think, pivotal moment. Um, because that gets you into the final, what is it, eight or so in the plus eight cohort for 2020. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So that phase three, I think I think they talk about taking it down to six, six out of okay. the, the 15 who are currently uh, in the program. So you've got a lot coming up. You've got the Inside Awards, which will be in July, and you've got that at the end of June with uh, plus eight. How many people in the company? Is it yourself? You've got people helping you with this? Just well, give us a picture. Right. Um, so there's obviously myself um, as as the uh, content founder, and I am uh, partnered by my my husband, uh, Paul Mann, uh, who I drag into all of these. So he's worked in tech uh, for the last uh, 27 years. So he's he's driving the understanding and, and growth of the tech platform. Um, our eldest son uh, has produced a lot of the UI uh, that the platform is based on and continues to help us with that. What's his name? I've seen him pitch with you before. You have. You have. His name is Timothy. Timothy, uh, that's right. 
So, so yes, he's uh, he's fantastic with uh, doing all the graphic design. So it's a real family affair, isn't it? Oh, it is a real family affair. Lots of testing within the family with the younger boys. They tell me all sorts of things that I didn't even know existed in the world of uh, children online um, and laugh mm-hmm. at my efforts to use acronyms. Uh, relevant to children's online life. Um, And we also have an offshore dev team uh, supporting us as well. Sounds like you've got a lot of different aspects to this and so many internal stakeholders as well. What are some of the challenges that you found yourself coming up against and how have you navigated those as you've worked your way through technical platforms and shorthand for teenagers and everything else that you need to get your head around when setting up a business like this, Claire? Mm. I would say for me, you know, the the biggest challenge has been understanding the technical aspect of this. Um, So I'm a woman who is well-versed in thinking up unicorns and mermaids and not really knowing whether that is actually buildable in the world of technology. So when I first came up with this, I kind of incubated the idea um, over a two-year period, having um, attended uh, a suicide that was absolutely preventable. Uh, based on a child's online life. It took me two years to really understand what it was I needed to do to be part of the a real solution. The challenge for me is taking what I normally do, which is I provided a 50-page document to our developer that said, this is exactly what I want. And he said, you know, write it into user stories. And I was like, what even is a user story? Here's my 50-page document. Learning all of that, sitting in meetings where people are talking about UI and UX and APIs, most of the time I've got no idea what anyone's on about. A whole new world, isn't it? Oh, but, you know, you do. You become immersed in it and you, you start to understand it and you become less fearful about looking like a complete dork by asking, you know, sort of six months into your build, what is this API that we're all talking about? Do I need to know it or can I just skate on over and you dudes do all the technical bits? So I've learned a lot, but it, it is challenging. It's challenging bringing together all the parts of a team and, of course, the COVID-19 situation has been really impactful uh, and very challenging for our business. And what's your background, Claire? You've got a background in mental health. Uh, tell us about that, that, that led to the, uh, and I'd, I'd love to hear the genesis of what then created what became DigiSocial. Was there an earlier version, presumably offline, and then you realised it had to be technology because you've got a big problem to solve here? Tell us a bit yeah. about your background. Right. Well, I've got a bit of a mixed background. I started um, in 1993 as a speech pathologist. I worked at PMH um, and it was worked across medical teams. Uh, heavily anaesthetised children are definitely far easier than ones that are awake. <laughs> um, I moved from there into community health. So I moved out into the foothills and I figured out just how complex people were and actually how underskilled I was to cope with that level of need. And from there, I really started my my career into mental health and family uh, well-being, so becoming a a family therapist and counsellor. In my very early 20s, one of my my best friends took his life. Um, And really back in the day then, I mean, that's the early 90s, we we didn't talk about suicide or know about suicide like we do now. It was Mm. just, it, it was such 
and still continues to be deeply impactful. And the not knowing part, not knowing what to do about it, not knowing it was going to happen was very, very traumatic and has become a driver in my career to really look at how do we go about suicide prevention well and in a way that meets the need of the child. So I've kind of gone through lots and lots of uh, different businesses, driving them from, from different angles and adding to my learning over time. And in the last uh, probably decade, I've done a lot of um, first response to suicide, so out in communities, whether it be up north or um, out, you know, in our in our communities all over the place, and also here in the metropolitan area. And it's um, it's it's heartbreaking. It's yeah. actually heartbreaking. And I would say the last three to five years, my work has changed. Eating disorders, you know, what I used to see at fourteen and fifteen, I'm seeing at seven. Where's it coming from? What our children are seeing online, three ways to lose mm-hmm. belly fat. You know, we've got seven-year-olds looking at what their body should be um, and there's plenty images online of what it should be and they're shamed if it's not that way. So it's been a really deep driver for me is this digital life of our children and how deeply impactful it is and that actually the train left the station and none of us were on it and our children were off there and, uh, you know, learning about the digital world in a terrible way. So it sounds like you've had such a great range of experience and a background and such a strong cause that you're looking to help out with as well with this business. You've built the platform now. We know what it's fixing. We know why. We can definitely see. And I think we all agree that there's a really clear need for this in the marketplace as well. What are the next steps now going forward for DigiSocial? Right. So we are supposed to be in our clinical trial now in term two, and that's been moved to term three. Um, So that's been run um, for us by Echo Research, um, and our head researcher has put in UWA as one of their head researchers and also in Echo Research. So that, uh, to provide us with our evidence base that we can take out to the world of education is absolutely essential and I need to know that we're going to protect children well online, that our platform will perform uh, using the AI and all of the education we've built in them. So that's next. Then we want to bring on um, schools into a performance trial, which is really the performance of the platform that will happen over term three and four. We're about we're about six months behind where we wanted to be, but, you know, amidst the pandemic, that's what we've got. And then 2020, uh, 2021, we we do full commercial launch. We, we're going to hit, especially Western Australia, hard um, with the support of, of lots of organisations and then, then we take on Australia and the world. So um, traditionally schools are really difficult to get into. There's a, a lot of people trying to sell software to schools. I've got an educational background. I, I sort of understand that. Although when I was teaching, we barely had computers. It was a long time ago. How have you navigated that? And also, how, how have you navigated the regulatory challenges in bringing this to the market? Mm. So in terms of uh, the getting a product into the education market, I, I completely agree, Charlie. Man, it's hard work. So I have a business outside of this business because why wouldn't you run two businesses? Um, <laughs> and I do have a product in over 400 Australian schools. Um, that, you know, that's that's a good 5% market penetration that we've got in, in just over four years. And it's been hard work. That's been school to school. So DigiSocial, we have a very different approach 
approach. We want to take a top-down approach. We've got some strong affiliations with organisations. And that's that's really what we're looking to do with DigiSocial is, is not go knocking on every school's door, but I'll do that too if I have to. Um, in terms of regulation, you know, there's obvious hoops we have to jump through and we're jumping through those hoops and we're not doing it alone. So we've got industry watchdogs and watch bodies coming in with us looking at what our, our policy and protection of children is and making sure that we sit within that child safe framework that really helps us to protect our Australian children. Mm, great. Thanks so much for that, Claire. And I'm really intrigued as, as well. It sounds uh, you've got other businesses going on, you've got products in schools. Your background sounds really interesting and diverse. Let's go way back and find out how you got to where we are today. What was, uh, let, let's go, what were your favourite subjects at school? Ah, oh, I was a word nerd. In fact, I was just a nerd. Um, I did uh, history, literature, English, lots of word-based subjects, lots of subjects wrapped around my interest in, in people. I've always been really interested in people and what, what makes people tick. Um, I, I love the medical aspect of the, you know, when I was in my early career working in surgery and looking looking at when we cut people open and how did all the bits go together, um, it never, it never you know, worried me at all. I quite enjoyed it. And now I love looking at what, what makes people's heads tick. And I think it started right back there with being fascinated by how we as a people came together in history and where we are now. So that's what you were interested in in school. Obviously, you've gone um, into a psychology sort of route beyond that as well. Immediately after school, though, where did that take you? Um, so immediately after school, I, um, I went into my career as a speech pathologist. Uh, so off I went and worked at PMH, uh, set myself the big goal of getting into our major teaching hospital as a, a new graduate, which I did. Um, and then from there, I went off into community health. So that's kind of been my career. I, I, because I've had four boys, I've had, a, you know, one of my drivers is to be there and be available for my boys. So running my own businesses has been a real solution through my mothering that I can run a business while my children are sleeping and I can be there and available while my children are awake. So um, I've, I've kind of pushed my career around my children. I'd like to go back to where the DigiSocial began. You, you say you've got an existing business, because why not run two, that's in 400 schools. Can you briefly tell us what that is, what that right. does? Well, that business is called Best Programs for Kids, and we've right. got a resource called Highway Heroes. Within the Australian National Curriculum, there's a segment of learning called Personal and Social Capabilities that has to be taught. It's a curricular requirement, and we've written a program into that space. So it's about making and keeping friends, growth mindset, bullying, but it doesn't right. really reach into the digital life of the child, which is right. which is dominant you know, really now that we have digital children. So this really was about meeting that that need uh, and right. writing it to the curriculum. So that's where the idea for DigiSocial came, which would have been four years ago, was it? Uh, yeah. So, so about, yeah, uh, more like three years ago. Three, four. Um, mm. The, you know, I was already getting this feeling as a therapist that what I was seeing and what I was engaging in, you know, working with groups of 14-year-old boys, Charlie, you know, that's who, who you know, have been referred to me and I'm working mm. with these boys because they're addicted to pornography um, mm. and it, it, it's tragic and that's where my, my work has gone. And so I've really just pulled in. I think the, the moment 
the moment I realised I needed to, to build this was uh, that one suicide. And, I, you know, I do lots with families, lots. But mm. this, this just screamed at me that this, this was preventable. This was preventable and not by better parenting, extraordinary parenting, by a system that let a child down. And have you seen some good outcomes from the program already, from DigiSocial already, for it being out there, being used, in well, changing people's behaviours or awareness or addictions or thoughts, behaviours? When, I mean, we, we're set for launch in Term 3. Yeah. So um, we, we have got our clinical trial and those are mm. all the parameters we're going to measure. So okay. we're going to measure them across an experimental and a control group. We're really going at this to show that, you know, when you put something into a child's landscape that's everyday and real child-centric, that we can change behaviour and we can change right. that awful suicide statistic that we face as Australians. So the rubber's about to hit the road, I suppose, when, when yeah. you get back into Term 3. What, what do you know now that you'd wish you'd known at the start three years ago? Uh, that's a good question. I think I, I wish I'd known actually how hard it was going to be working with an offshore dev team. And I think we've had an extraordinary experience with an extraordinary team, but it's hard. It's actually really hard. And how much time it was going to take. I had this idea that I'd just run two businesses side by side, easy peasy. Well, actually, this one has grown incredibly rapidly. You know, the interest and attention for this business, and it's very time consuming. And I probably would have organised the management of my time differently. It's a really fair way to be able to assess that time before. So you would have been in trial by now had we not been in the current situation, but I'm so sure that we'll have that up and running again for you very shortly. Once we've gotten past that trial period, what do you think the next five years beyond that will look like for DigiSocial? Right. Well, again, and I've talked about unicorns and mermaids, uh, so let me give you my grand plan for, for Digi. So if we're talking about let's go forward five years, I would like to make sure that Digi is in most first world countries where children have open access to the internet, that big unregulated playground. I would like to see every child in every school and this becoming a mandated part of a child's education. Now it is in some countries. Um, it's subsumed in areas in ours. But I would like to see DigiSocial as a resource that's not just us selling commercially, but that's advocated for, like, you know, Office of the eSafety Commission and our education department to protect our children. So I would really love to see this as a global product with lots of add-ons that, you know, we can build out the platform from just the year fives and six and really make sure our kids are protected and prepared, ready for digital life. I'd be interested, Claire, who, who do you admire in the startup scene or as a leader in WA? Who do you look up to? Um, you know, I'm I, I'm going to say jo, uh, Josephine Muir. Yes. Um, noisy she, guts. Noisy guts. She is extraordinary. Mm. She she is generous with her time and knowledge. She is generous as a female founder in holding up another female founder. She doesn't hold back with her feedback. Um, and, and, and it's wonderful. It's, you know, it's, I, I really admire her. I admire her in the work she does. And I admire her in her generosity in, in, in leading women like me. Yeah, she's great. I love the Noisy Guts project. 
Yeah. And it's yeah. actually interesting that you speak as well about people that you admire. During the process for DigiSocial, have you sought out mentors or advisors as well from the local Perth scene? Oh, I, I sure have. I mean, so the uh, going into the Plus 8 Accelerator program has been immense um, and certainly I feel out of my comfort zone 99.9% of the time. Um, but it's it's exceptional learning. So there's people like Derek Gerard who are fantastic, um, Daniel uh, Franco, who's our, our mentor, who's been um, um, paired with DigiSocial. Franco, he's just exceptional with his time. And it's, it's a very different space for me in this startup space reaching out for help because it does make you feel very vulnerable and like you're not the supposed expert um, in your field. And I've been quite used to that uh, for quite a few now, years now in my therapeutic space, but in the small, you know, in the startup space, I'm, I'm just... I'm just a virgin of, you know, kind of lumber around <laughs> looking for support wherever I can. Fantastic. Thanks for that, Claire. We're going to finish with rapid quick fire round to close. So you literally throw a word or a phrase or whatever when we ask you these questions. So to start with, in your view, what's the single most important factor that makes a successful startup? Uh, soft skills, resilience, persistence, grit. Yeah. I like it. And do you think you should found as solo or as a team? Say small team. Can I go in between? Yeah, small team. I think I know the answer to this, but who do you think we should interview next? Uh, noisy guts. Yeah, so I was going to think Josephine, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Definitely on the systems. list. Yeah, Marker Systems is also a fabulous. Uh, uh, Ian Sloan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Ian and David and Chris. David Gribble, yeah. Good one. AI, do you like it or loathe it? Like it. And if you were at a bar, when we're allowed to go to bars, what would you be ordering? An espresso martini. Oh, yes. <laughs> I can't disagree with you there, Claire. Um, what does self-care look like for you? Family. Just spending time with my family. I actually get a lot out of working. I love working. I am a self-confessed workaholic. It makes me happy. Um, but outside of working, my family, spending time with my husband and my boys, I, nothing makes me happier. Fantastic. Last one. What are you reading or listening to right now? I've become a bit of a, a startup podcast junkie. Um, and I, so this one, obviously, you listen I, to all the back uh, episodes of Startup absolutely. West. Absolutely. Absolutely. And outside of this one, um, Mia Friedman runs one called Lady Startup. And I've really oh, yeah. just, I've really just got, got my teeth into that. It's, it's quite raw and, uh, and I love it. So yes, I'm listening to that at the moment. Great. Thanks. Well, we'll have to go check it out. And thank you so much, Claire, for taking the time to talk to us today. And we wish you and your team all of the best for the future. Thank you both. And thanks for this great opportunity to showcase our fabulous platform. Fantastic. We'd also like to thank our sponsor, Startup West Podcast is produced by Startup News and is made possible by the support from the wonderful Space Cube, where Cali works. Thank you, Space Cube. The New Industries Fund from Jitsi, Curtin University, IP Lawyers Raise and BDO Accounting. We recorded this podcast virtually in beautiful downtown Perth in Western Australia. Thank you so much for listening along today. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe. 
and feel free to give us a rating on the podcast platform of your choice.